Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. Simone de Rochefort, your usual hostess with the mostest, is unfortunately <laughs> stuck in Seattle with uh, a lot of sickness, and we wish that she would feel a lot better. And so uh, we, we wish you well, Simone, and we love you. But I am uh, I'm Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft, and I am joined, as always, by Brianna Wu, Democratic Candidate for Congress, and Simone is here in our hearts. This episode... This episode of Rocket is brought to you by ExpressVPN, Pingdom, and Eero. All right, so poor Simone, she's bazooka barfing. She's bazooka barfing. I mean, oh, poor Simone. I, I, I did she see cats? Did cats cause this? <laughs> it could be. It could be. On the flight out to Seattle, she was watching uh, the new hot, uh, hot Witcher lead, uh, Henry Henry Cavill, and she was talking about that on Twitter. And I was like, oh no, we're gonna have to discuss this. And she totally jumped on my butt. So, uh, yeah. So we will have hot Witcher news next week. I'm sure. Hot Witcher News will be next week. And as we record this, we're recording this on Monday the 23rd, which is my sister's birthday, the second day of Hanukkah. Oh, happy birthday. And uh, and two days before Christmas. So this is the time of year where, um, like, there's not a ton of tech news, but there's still a lot of fun to be had. And so we're going to cover uh, just very briefly some updates to the Boeing story that we talked about last week. We're going to talk about um, uh, The Verge had a list of uh, the worst gadgets of the decade. The New York Times had a really fantastic privacy um, uh, uh, investigation that their opinions team did. And uh, we're going to uh, finish things off with some feline catastrophe themed (laughs) uh, desserts. I love it. Okay, so first up, so last week we talked about um, uh, Boeing and the various problems that have been happening with the 737 MAX. And uh, there was actually a really good article that was semi-related that I'm going to put in the show notes. Um, ProPublica did a fantastic investigation into one of the worst maritime disasters that the Navy has ever had. And it was because of uh, they redesigned the touchscreen UI in some of the, the subs. And it would, you know, it's different than the Boeing situation, but it was very interesting to see, again, how technology and these sorts of decisions to try to save money can have really negative consequences. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'll link to that. But uh, this is breaking news as of uh, this morning as we record this. So we're recording this on a Monday, as I said. Um, Dennis uh, Mullenberg, I guess that's how you say his name. He has been fired as Boeing's um, CEO. So he is out. And uh, basically, um, the company said that David Calhoun, who's the chairman, will replace uh, Mullenberg on January 13th. And until then, their chief financial officer, Greg Smith, will be the interim chief executive officer um, immediately. And basically, you know, the board had kind of stood by him for, for months and months. But after the most recent string of bad news, and I think what probably did it was that he was still up until even like last week, he was promising, no, oh, we're going to get clearance by <laughs> the end of the year. And it's like, OK, but you're shutting down production temporarily. So what is it? But uh, yeah, basically, um, he's gone. So yeah, 
Good news. Um, and I saw a tweet and I saw this and I loved it and I agreed with it. It's like, you know, for most people, it's like you show up late to your job uh, three times, you get fired, you know, you miss a deadline, you get fired. Hundreds of people died because of this and millions and millions of dollars were lost. And it's it's really, it's surprising just how high the bar is for a CEO to get fired. Um, you know, so he'll be fine, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to see some accountability here and you know ultimately this isn't accountability is not about revenge it's about making the public safer people are aware they could lose their jobs for cutting corners um as has been alleged in this case uh i just i think it will lead to a better outcome so happy to see this yeah me too i mean and and obviously i think that these are problems that weren't just at the ceos uh doing as a lot of people and so my only kind of i guess fears like you've got the chairman of the board who's now taking over and you hope that things will change, but I do think that if you are CEO of the company, you are ultimately responsible, even if you didn't make all those decisions yourself. That's yep. part of it. That's part of why you get paid the big bucks. That's so leadership. That it. That is leadership. All right. So um, I guess um, our first big story, we're going to talk about the New York Times. Uh, they did this privacy project. And if you haven't seen it, the, the links are in um, the, uh, the show notes. Um, and it's really really interesting how they were able to kind of figure out um like where you are at all times um and and it's it's basically um uh, what like there's this great kind of visualization it's called you know 12 million phones one data set you know and yep. these are the actual locations they show it it's, it's really beautifully done visually where you can kind of see where people are like they were even able to you know track who they believe to be a secret service agent based on um yep. location data it's it's really 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 scary but it's also yep. i think really important that we see this and that we know um what type of you know surveillance is now just kind of part of our general uh ecosystem what are your thoughts Bree? yeah so I think, you know, the New York Times occasionally gets critiqued. Uh, they don't get everything right. But no. I, I really feel like this is an example of the Times at their absolute best. Uh, Charlie Warzel mm-hmm. um, is one of the best reporters over there. Times was very, very smart to snatch him up. He was at BuzzFeed before yes, this, he was. right? Yeah, just a, a fantastic reporter, very smart. And they dug deep into this data set. Um, as she said, they tracked a person, like, from this phone data, went and found the individual and interviewed them. Um, Edward Snowden had an op-ed today, the kind of leaping on this piece, talking about how, you know, Americans did not consent to having everything like a device on our body that tracks us all the time uh, open for companies to profit from. Uh, this is, it's really to, at a disturbing point. Uh, Christine, I feel like we we hit the same points week after week. It's like, we need regulation. We got to take this seriously. We've got to educate ourselves. You need to deny apps location data. It's, it's more of that, but the New York Times really, really put it into a uh, sharp focus here. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's right. And I think the interesting thing, yeah, the editorial board on the 21st uh, wrote something called total surveillance is not what America signed up for. And one thing I think is actually really interesting and uh, excuse me for getting wonky um, listeners, but the New York Times, like most major newspapers or legacy newspapers, still has two different kind of uh, uh, houses. So they have the editorial side and then they have um, like like the opinion side and then they have the news side. What's really interesting to me is that this was a product of the deep investigations done on the opinion side. Yeah. So, uh, which is which is 
interesting. And and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not generally common. You generally you generally don't, I guess, like historically see these types of investigations being led um, by that part of the newsroom. Um, but that is is really, really interesting, I think. And um there, as you said, Edward Stone had a, had a piece. There have been some other kind of follow up reporting that the that the Times has done, um, including the the thing that was signed by the editorial board saying that this isn't what um, America uh, signed up for, and basically asking Congress to make um, you know uh, changes to what um, to, to basically regulate uh, you know the location data industry because we can say things like okay, don't give apps access to your location, and we can say things like you know, uh, do these, you know, follow these steps and, and, and do these things. But at a certain point, what's scary to me is that if you want to participate in modern society and you don't yeah. want to be like the weirdo who's like, I live on the grid and actually I run Arch and I'm going to have all my stuff in a really weird way, unless you're going to be like, like Richard Stallman or whatever, you can't escape all of this stuff. It's just not possible. Like, Christina, would you have gotten your last job if you weren't online? Of course just not. get real. Of course not. I wouldn't have would had I any have of the gotten, jobs I've ever had, ever. Would I have, uh, I would have never gotten a job or made friends or career opportunities. You can't functionally exist in the world today off the grid. It's no, just, no, you can't. it's and, not possible. And, and it goes to the point, I mean, I think what, what scares me is, you know, you look, we look at China who has like a social credit system and they have other yep. things that are even more invasive than what we have. And like, you know, at the beginning of this decade, that seemed like, that was still something that was like Huxleyan and uh, people usually say Orwellian, but I, usually I think they actually mean more like, um, you know, Aldous Huxley. But, you know, it seemed like more uh, dystopic and far off. Now it really doesn't. You know, now it's like yeah. I can see how we could become complacent and get into a place um, where industry and, and and other things kind of force us into similar systems the way that they have it in China, which is not good. But like, right. you know, if you want you know, your banks, you know, they, they want access to things like, okay, my bank, for instance, Bank of America is my main bank and their app wants access to my location all the time. And the reason they do is because they want to know, like, if I'm out of the country or in a different location so they can approve using my, when I'm using my, my credit card. Now, part of me appreciates that because there's nothing more frustrating than having your card declined because they think that you're someplace else. But another part of me is like, okay, even though this is my bank, do I actually trust them to have this data? And do I trust that it will be both protected or not sold under the guise of, you know, oh, we're anonymizing this someplace else, right? Like, you know, but this is like a basic thing where that's just your bank. My bank wants access to that information. A lot of people aren't going to question that. You want to be not even just having friends and getting jobs. There are just certain components and certain things where if you want to live your life, these applications and these services don't give you the opportunity to opt out. Like we can all, I think, you know, Facebook, we've had a really big year where a lot of people, myself most definitely included, have either, you know, deleted it or have ceased to use it a lot. Like I'm never on Facebook anymore. Um, But um, that's not an option for everyone. And in fact, you know, I I think that to tell people, oh, just, just get rid of those services is really naive and is actually really coming from a place of privilege that really bothers me because the people who have the option to opt out are usually the people who have money and who have other resources. And so to me, it seems really unfair to tell people to, to, to just opt out. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I also think it's about, um, I think it's about psychological need for control. Have you ever noticed when someone dies, uh, people always go, how did it, how did, how did it happen? 
what happened. And the reason psychologically people do that is they want to know if there's a danger they need to be thinking about so they could be safe. So I, I believe very strongly that when these stories come out and you know, my friends, geeks like me, start saying, well, change your settings to this and that, it's it's about us feeling like we have control over this. And Christina, like if you look at the outcome, look at the New York Times story. Look at the aggregate outcome of these policies. The fact is... Like the outcome is none of us have privacy. It's just a fact because even if you do the right things, you can't trust that the people you share your information with are doing the right things. Exactly. Um, there's there's another story today. I, I wanted to bounce off with this. Uh, so one of the top stories in the App Store on both iOS and Android was called Two Talk. Yes. <laughs> and and it turned out it was secretly a uh, a spy app that was yeah. actually uh, garnering uh, information on people. And maybe this is because I grew up in a military family. But my my first thought with all of this really comes down to national security, right? Um, you know, this is. It's 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 it, it it's a it's a warfare space, right? Like our information infrastructure is a warfare space, is being conducted against the the American people. Like this is a huge vector for all of this. So when you when you hear stories like this week about the Democrats and Republicans getting together and funding a space force. I'm not inherently against like us looking at military options for space in 2019. That seems like a reasonable question to ask. It's just that the American people are so much more vulnerable on this. And I just don't understand why the hell it's not a priority. No, totally. And just to give people some background, so TuTalk was like uh, an Emirati uh, messaging app, and it's been downloaded by millions of phones. It's only been available for a few months, but it's one of those things where I think, you know, like the UAE and probably like their airlines and, and other businesses really encourage people to download um, that phone or download that app. And it was kind of, you know, pr- projecting itself as being um, a messaging app, but really it was, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a spying app. Um, yeah. we're sending information directly to uh, to the UAE. And that's really disturbing. And, and, and yeah, and, and, and to your point, yeah, I mean, I think it could become issues of, um, you know, uh, national security, and it could become issues of, of you know, used vectors in other ways. Um, but what you were saying earlier, I think, you know, where it's, it's that we can't necessarily think about, um, like, just because you trust one company to do something doesn't mean that all the other companies they deal with will do the right things, right? Like right. that's kind of the the lesson of the Cambridge Analytica scandal. And I mean, for me, some of it is even less about, okay, well, are, are they going to be, is this going to be anonymizing me and whatnot? But it's like, okay, how are they storing this information? Like, what's that process? What are these, all these sub people's access? What's all their security protocols like? Because I can say, okay, Facebook We'll be keeping this, you know, we'll be using best security practices. But all the the millions of companies who have access to their data sets and their APIs, you can't say the same thing. And and it's, I don't know, it, it, at a certain point, it feels frustrating and it almost feels like we have to, I want to give up. But at the same time, I think that's like the, the, um, the thing we can't do. Yeah, no, you're you're dead on. I mean, we're like the frog in the boiling pot. And it's hotter and hotter. And, you know, I was saying this this week. I feel like 
what I think is frustrating is people say we can educate ourselves out of this mess. I don't think that's feasible. There's no, no amount of educating the public that's going no, to, this is my point. to work on No, this. no, yeah. this, is, this is my point. And I actually think that that's a really naive approach. And again, I think it's saying, oh, well, if you just know the right things to click and not to right. do, when it's like what we've seen happen over the last 10 years is that more and more data has been expected of us and it's become more and more like easy and just natural for us to grant access to these things, right? Yeah. Like you, we we talked about this a little bit last week with the with the Xbox um, Series X, where which I guess now apparently is is just going to be called the Xbox, whatever. But <laughs> but the you know when the Xbox One was announced, one of its big things with there you would have to be always connected to the internet. It would have you know the Connect in the room where you could use kind of a voice control system to play back your games and control your media and change channels. And people freaked out. And I'm not yeah. saying that the freak out was unwarranted. I think it maybe was a little overblown, but but I but you know, people freaked out. Fast forward a few years after that and Amazon releases the Echo and you know, then you know, not long, it becomes a hit and then Google has, you know, Google Home and all these other things and now most like a huge number of households have at least one voice assistant. Every phone has one. You know, this has become like we've just gotten used to it, right? And so I think it's not just education can help in some contexts, but as long as I think unless we have regulations and unless we have, you know, we're putting, you know, our foot down and saying this is not okay and and yeah. taking back things ourselves, we're not going to be able to um, escape this. Yeah. And the last I'll say on this is, you know, I... I say this with all respect to you, Christine, as a former journalist, but I think that there's a limit to how much journalists can get done on this issue. Oh, without a because, doubt. Because I talk to the public all the time on this issue. As someone running on cybersecurity, the public knows they aren't safe. The public knows they aren't under attack. The public knows Facebook is not using their data like with ethical purposes. Like the public is aware of the problem and they are looking for someone to lead the way and to make them safer. And I just um I, I guess this is what I found so frustrating emotionally about this New York Times piece because it's beautifully reported and it's it's dead on and it's emotionally compelling and it puts it in such crystal clear terms. And a single damn person in D.C., are they going to act on this? Are we going to see a bill get proposed? I mean, I hope like, so. Like, I hope so. When when does that happen? I mean, honestly, to me, that is that is probably the best outcome we could hope for for stories like this. Because as you said, the public knows this. It's not as if this is new to most everyday people. But we've seen this happen before. Like we saw this happen with Nexium, right? Which was, you know, that 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 cult. And that guy has now got like life in prison. People have been talking about that for a long time. No one cared and no one was going to take like, you know, like like legal action against him until there was a New York Times story about it. We see this time and time again where for whatever reason, it takes something being almost so blatant in your face for politicians to feel embarrassed and feel like, okay, maybe this is something I can put my stamp on and get passed and get credit for or whatever to do. I don't care what the what the rationale is, right? Like, I don't care, like, how, you know, like, uh, self-serving that might be. If that's what it takes to get action taken, then I'm yeah. all for it. But but I'm, I'm yep. with you. So, so part of me almost feels like the point of these stories is to find the emotional connection, to share the things we already know, but do that sort of thing and and do it in such a way that it is embarrassing enough for the government that, you know, Congress um, has to has to take action. 
yeah, gets off their butt and does their damn job. I could not agree more. <laughs> so Congress, go do your job. Congress, do your job. It's not a right versus left issue. This is a national security issue. I mean, I think, this is, I think this is a human rights issue. If, if I'm going to be I really like, I, I don't even think it's an I don't I don't even want to put like nationalistic things on it. What this is going to get me in trouble. I got to say, like the UAE component of it, like the human rights abuses with with that, like if you're working with them, you need to be thinking long and hard about your culpability on human rights abuses. So like just every part of that uh, two talk story was terrifying. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, great segue for us this week. Um, uh, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by ExpressVPN. <laughs> Genuinely, this is this is a real lottery, but this was not planned. Um, and so we all know how VPNs protect your privacy and security online. But did you know that you can also take your TV watching to the next level by unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So obviously, a great thing about using a VPN is that it is a great way to hide your traffic from people and uh, make it harder for them to know where you are and what you're doing, especially if you're in other countries, which is one of the great things, too. One of the side effects is that it makes it easier for you to watch uh, TV shows that are only available other places. So that means that you can use ExpressVPN to binge on Doctor Who or Star Trek on UK Netflix. You can just fire up uh, the ExpressVPN app and change your location to the UK, then refresh refresh Netflix, and that's it. Uh, There are a bunch of VPNs that promise that they work with Netflix. Uh, ExpressVPN is one of the ones that consistently does work. Also, it's a good way, uh, a friend of mine, this legitimately happened like two weeks ago, her son was on uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show. And oh. uh, he's like four years old and he was was featured and she didn't want to stay up until like, you know, midnight to watch it because she lives in Los Angeles. So she used mom. We, we got her set up with ExpressVPN and then we uh, changed the time zone on her computer so that she could trick Hulu into thinking that she was on the East Coast and was able to then watch um, uh, Kimmel three hours early. So you can do that. Um, but ExpressVPN hides your IP address. So you can control um, where you want sites to think you're located. And you can choose from almost 100 different countries. And so you can just like just think about all the different Netflix libraries you can go through. Or if you live in a place <laughs> where like you don't have Disney Plus right now, you can get access to that too, right? So if you love anime, you can use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix. And it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, you know, Hulu, the BBC iPlayer, YouTube, whatever you want. And there are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast, which is what you're going to want if you're watching shows, because there's no buffering, no lag, and you can stream in HD. And ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, your phone, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. And so um, you can watch what you want wherever you want. And uh, can, I, can I say, like, something that's really cool is iOS is excellent VPN yes, support these days. It does. It's excellent. It's it's seamless. You just enter in your account credentials and it's working pretty seamlessly. If there's a, a time lag to it, I can't perceive it. But it's um I mean it's it's just the the software is a lot better than you may remember Definitely. when you're first thinking about this back in the mills. No, without a doubt, it's it's gotten so much better and it's become much easier to, to switch between countries. Like ExpressVPN has a really good browser extension even works with Safari, where you can very easily kind of swap, you know, what country you want to be in. If you don't want to use the the app that's in the, the menu bar, they have, you know, Mac apps too. You can also use it with, with OpenVPN um, if, if that's your jam. Um, and um, I, I've used this many times when I've been in other countries and I need to access, you know, some, I need to access Hulu so that I can watch, you know, SVU or I want to watch one of my, you know, HBO. Great example was when I was in India and I was trying to watch 
um, uh, the Game of Thrones finale. And um, in that circumstance, it was a little bit hard because even with locations everywhere, like there was a lot of lag and the internet wasn't super fast, but it was better than nothing. So I, I, I was, I was all, Twitter was not, you know, a hellscape for me because I was still able to watch the finale. And um, if you're interested in, in checking out ExpressVPN, whether you just want security or you just want a way to uh, enhance your uh, your entertainment options, go to expressvpn.com slash rocket and you will get three extra months free with a one-year package. And so you can support this show, you can watch what you want and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash rocket. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of Rocket and all of Relay FM. All right. How about a fun story, Christine? Yeah. Do we have any fun stories in the back? Oh, we have so many fun stories. Okay. <laughs> so this decade might have been bad for privacy, but <laughs> there have also been some really, really great failed uh, gadgets. Um, and uh, the Verge staff, they put together um, their list of the 84 biggest flops, fails, and dead dreams of uh, the decade in tech. And it's so good. It's really oh. good. And as someone who's written a lot of, like, you know, five things we lost this year and, and you know, like biggest, you know, phone flops of all time and things like that articles. I love nothing more than celebrating like flops. Um, look, <laughs> I, I want to say this out loud. Like, I know the people who work on all these things work very hard and I'm sorry for any of the trauma that this may cause for them. But like, you have to laugh a little bit at certain things. It's just, it is what it is. So, uh, this piece is great because you're going through the last 10 years. It's all the fun failures that you've completely forgotten about. Like, when was the last time you've thought about Pongo? I have not thought about that in five uh, years. Oh, uh, so. you mean the the, 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 the the Pono music player? Pono, sorry. Yeah, the lossless music player. Yeah, yeah, Neil Young's thing, <laughs> yeah. this thing to market. They're like, oh, oh it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so Neil this. Young had his own, like, very, very, very expensive, like, lossless, like, high-fidelity um, music player and a store. And I actually, so when I was at Gizmodo, I did a very popular article called like, you know, your favorite, you know, streaming services ranked from most to least screwed. And that was very high on my list. I was very prescient there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so the Pono player is there. Um, the um, uh, Le Echo uh, is is on the list. Wait, let's go down through their favorites and discuss it. Okay, so the Echo is on here? No, no, no. no Le Echo, the company. Oh, Le Echo. Yes, the one with the Faraday. They have the, yeah, that. Yeah, well, well, they, well, yeah. it was similar. I mean, they're different, but yes. Uh, right. And I, I actually did a, a big investigative piece on on the, the failure of Leco in America. That's there. Um, so oh, tell people about this. So, so Leco, it, it was, or I guess still is, like it's considered the Netflix of China and they wanted to basically be the next big, you know, major tech company. And they made like a really big push to try to get into America where they said they were going to buy Vizio. That wound up not working out. They like bought Yahoo's old headquarters. They were, you know, bought a movie studio. They were going to come in. It was hot and swinging. And, uh, and it did not... <laughs> uh, work out. It it it, it, it turned out that uh, they had they were not able to come up with the money to acquire Vizio, and that wound up setting off a chain of events that you know wound up they wound up laying off all of their um, U.S. employees. And I talked to a number of them and did an investigative thing where you know one of them actually told me like it's all over now, but the screaming, um, you know, because of just kind of what the collapse was. Um, and, um, they, they, uh, you know, Faraday Future, which was also funded by their, their, uh, founder, um, uh, Jai Yuting, who goes by YT, 
Um, (laughs) Basically, he was kind of treating the U.S. as like a way to escape um, uh, having because he had billions of dollars in Chinese debt. The whole thing is is a scam. It's it's a scam town episode that we should revisit at some point because it's really interesting. We should um, do that, and, yeah. And it's it's really, really interesting. So, so Leko is right. one of those. Let me do one. Let yeah, me you do, do one. one. The very next one in the story, Apple Watch Edition. Yes. I love Apple. I love Apple. But come on. The $10,000 watch. Who thought the $10,000 watch? Like, if I go by, like, um, I have a really nice Omega. It's It's from the 60s. It is a classic watch. It is freaking amazing. It's a piece of art. But that watch will work 10 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, just fine if you maintain it. Who thought that spending $10,000 on something that soon won't even work with modern versions of iOS will be slow as anything would be something to invest in? Totally. Well, this is, well, here's here's the worst part, right? Because I, I bought one of the regular, you know, like the, the stainless steel Apple Watch, I guess the Series Zero. And like that thing stopped getting updates like two you know, watch yep. OS versions ago. So, and I was pretty mad at that because I was like, okay, I paid $800 for this thing and it only is going to get updates for like three years or something. And even even when it got, I think got its last year of updates, I didn't get as many features. And then they released another series one with a better processor and better battery life that they just swapped out. And I was like, yo, are you going to like give me an option to like trade in my old one and get one of these new ones that you're now selling for the same price? No, they didn't. But like, I, so I was annoyed at that. But if I'd spent like $17,000 on one of those things, I can't even imagine. Yeah, how, you'd how be rioting be. outside of Apple. <laughs> oh, completely. I mean, uh, the um, uh, Bloomberg, uh, as the version note says that sales were in the low tens of thousands and, and plummeted um, just a few weeks after launch. Um, yeah. Uh, after that, what Apple has done now is they sell like a, a ceramic casing model, which they, they kept the price on quite a bit. And I've considered getting the ceramic model a few times. I just haven't been able to pull the trigger because the gold stainless steel is fine. And uh, uh, spoiler, the gold stainless steel, because I did actually try on the um, the edition, the 14 karat gold one and um, or the 18 karat gold one looks the same. So but but the new one, yeah, that's that that's a great fail. Um, yeah, all right, they should be embarrassed about that. Okay, you do another. One. Okay, let's see. I'm not wanting to. God, there's so many good ones. Um, Google Reader is there, but I don't really think that's a fair one to do. Okay, yeah, let's take, I agree. Yeah, because I mean, because that one like that was killed off, and it it, it that's a tragedy. But I'm not know if that's a failure now. Uh, Google Google Plus. All right, that that I will I will I will uh, I will basically co-sign. And I had I'm like still a, pissed for you about this. Me too, because yeah. I had a million followers on Google Plus. But even I was like, this there's no value in this. Um, so Google Plus was Google's attempt at doing a social network, and it didn't work. And then they tried to kind of they pivoted it a few times, tried to at the end try to make it like Pinterest, and then basically they realized there was a massive security flaw, and they didn't want to go through the steps of fixing the security flaw, so they just shut it down. <laughs> you know what though because i was verified on google plus i'm verified on youtube so thank you google i guess i like it all right I like you, it. all right you, you you go you give us one too okay uh i think this one is very 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 well deserving <laughs> i was so happy to see this on the list it is justice league <laughs> they, they yes. go after oh my justice gosh league. yes 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 <laughs> 
Come on, this movie is so bad. It is unwatchable. And it's, you know, like I get uh, Martin Scorsese's critique of Marvel films being like products. Yep. I, I watched Irishman. I understand it. But this film was, I, I want them to go through the process where it's carefully market tested and researched to make sure it's of a certain quality. Oh, totally. Like, I, I legitimately don't know which of the, like, do you think Suicide Squad is worse or Justice League? Because oh, that's, that's so hard. You know, it's really depressing about that a Suicide Squad won an Oscar. Um, right. <laughs> which is just terrible. I mean, I'm going to say Suicide Squad just because. You can hate watch Suicide Squad, though. Okay, Justice this is League fair. is just boring. This yeah. is true. This is true. I guess I was just thinking I was like the quality of the acting, like the potential for that. Like the actors, I mean, the acting wasn't great, but the actors who are in Justice League are so much better. But yeah, yeah, no, you're right. At least you can hate watch Suicide Squad. Uh, there's no, yeah, Justice League is just bad. Yeah, fair. All right, good. Um, I think the one I'm going to pick is, um, shoot, um, I just had it. Um, God, there's so many good ones. Uh, Juicero. Juicero. <laughs> Juicero. So Juicero was like this $800 juicy machine that used these overly engineered, like, pulp packets to give you fresh juice that had like a barcode on it and whatnot and would have to use it. But it turned out that this very beautifully designed system, you could just squeeze it with your hands and get the basically get the same thing out of it. Uh, yep. It was uh, that was a great I, what day. What I love is it was like, I mean, do you think all those early Series A investors, do you think they have a picture? I forget who broke the story. Do you think they have a picture of that journalist Bloomberg, yeah, who wrote oh, that story completely. that killed their company? And they do you absolutely think they do. lay awake in bed at night going, No, oh! no I, I think they think of, of, of the girl uh, from, from Bloomberg who, who did the video and they're just like, really, Bloomberg? Really? Um, that uh, that was a fantastic day in the Gizmodo office when that story broke. We were so delighted. It was like that. It was like, and that was around the same time as Fire Festival. It was just so good. Oh, yeah. God, Fire Festival. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, all right. You, you got one. What, what What's next? Okay. Magic Leap. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I realize they're scrambling to make Magic Leap, like, come through and make the next uh, version of it better, but it ain't looking good. Like, they had that that completely indefensible, like, alignment with AT&T, where they're, they're partnering with AT&T to bring Magic Leap devices, and there just ain't no content. There's no content. There's no, it's a, it's a solution looking for a problem. Like, um, you know, and I think it really shows that when you bring a new product to market, you've got to have a killer app to go with it. Game systems that ship without a reason to go buy that game system fail. Right. And, and Magic Leap really shows it. you got to have something. At least Oculus had Robo Recall and mm -hmm. Oculus uh, First Contact when you did it. Those are solid apps. And you, know, you look at Oculus Quest today, it's a, it's a fantastic um, um, like library of, of, of things to do with it. Like if a friend of mine was looking to do VR, I would say, yeah, go do, go do uh, Oculus Quest. Magic Leap. It just, it's, it's, it's amazing they were able to raise that much money without having anything to show for it. Yeah. And it was interesting. I was on This Week in Tech a couple of weeks ago um, with, uh, with Amy Webb and um, she, um, I guess, had seen actually some of the, we, we kind of had different opinions about Magic Leap and um, her opinion was, because I was kind of the same way. I was like, look, they never should have sold this the way that they did and, and how they were able to raise the money. And I guess she's seen 
some of the stuff and some of the potential more than than I'd kind of thought of. But she agreed. Even she agreed. She was like, look, they didn't they shouldn't have ever, you know, sold this, consumerized this the way that they did and hyped this the way that they did. But I think the potential and some of the things that maybe they're doing in terms of, you know, spatial awareness and that type of stuff could be truly groundbreaking. But to your point, it, it doesn't matter if, uh, to me, the, criti- the criticism is still completely valid because if you're going to try to say, you know, then, then your mission should be and you're raising all this money saying, we are in the future, this will be this thing. But by trying to productize it when they did and how they've done it, it it just, you know, has been a complete flop. So yep. I totally agree with that. All right. There are so many good ones on this list. I'm I'm going to go with the coolest cooler. So <laughs> this was, uh, so, I mean, to me, this is peak Kickstarter because at one time this was the, the highest funded Kickstarter project ever. Um, it wound up, I think one of the pebbles wound up raising more than it, but it raised $13 million in 2014 for a very expensive cooler that had like, a blender built in like you could you could put a blender on top of it it had like a battery and it had like a bluetooth speaker thing and like you could charge your phone and it seemed like you know a decent enough cooler but it was like gonna be like four hundred dollars but i think they sold it at a price of like two hundred dollars for the early adopters yep. well the problem was they wound up only being able to deliver two-thirds of those 60,000 um uh, coolers to backers and they realized like as they were getting into the process Oh, this is going to cost us a whole lot more money than we thought. <laughs> so they they made deals with Amazon where, you know, Amazon got units first and were actually being sold for less than what backers who were still waiting for their coolers for were getting it for. Um, and they're like, no, but uh, every one of these Amazon's ones we sell, we're going to use that money and reinvest it into getting, you know, you your cooler. Uh, but if you pay us $97, then we can, you know, expedite the shipping. Um they ultimately shut down um, la- a couple of weeks ago. The, the 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 company is now dead. They they tried for a while. There was even a lawsuit that the state of Oregon filed against them, where they said that they had to pay you know a certain amount of money to um, backers in Oregon State um, if they you know didn't uh, you know deliver all the units within a certain period of time. So I mean, the whole thing is is just a great debacle. Also, a really. I never understood, like, I'm somebody who can get on the hip, on the Kickstarter, like, hype train pretty easily uh, for, for stuff that I have no need for. But this was one of those where, like, no matter how compelling the video was, I was like, it's a cooler. Like, why am I, <laughs> why am I even paying $200 for this? Like, it's a cooler. Like, it looks like the episode of Simpsons where yeah, Homer designs, designs his car. own car Completely. and just sticks everything on there. That's what this thing looks like. Yeah, I, I I love it. And so RIP cool is cooler. But I also think of all the Kickstarter like failures, this is like peak Kickstarter. Cause I mean, this was like one of this was for many years their top, <laughs> their number one Kickstarter. And it's like, yeah, about wow. that. <laughs> all right. So this was not their number one, but this was my number one. And Christy, I suspected your number one as well. Uh-huh. It's good friend of the show, our BFF here on Rocket. Movie Pass. Yes. What more could we possibly oh. say about Movie Pass? The perpetually doomed, <laughs> like, like scam to basically have a uh, Netflix for movies going to the movie theater. You find out they had no technology, they had no money, they were not being honest with they, people. They, they, no, they, 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 they had no say? business model, right? No, right. it's so good. I mean, look, I am thankful for Movie Pass because because yeah. of Movie Pass, I have AMC A list, but uh. Yeah, no, I thank you. This was going to be my, my number one pick. Too. I was like, Movie Pass, that is the greatest. And um, honestly, I'm so proud that I was able to 
you know, I I'd covered that company from the very, very beginning. And when they had their ridiculous $10 a month, like final iteration, I signed up because I was like, this is not going to last. But if these people are dumb enough to think that they can they can make this work, I'm going to I'm going to abuse the hell out of this. And I did. And I have no regrets. And I bought I did give them movie pass. I did give the money because I bought movie pass merch, which I still do not regret. I still think that was fantastic. So, yeah, movie pass, massive disaster. Um Great. The gift that keeps on giving. It really is yeah. the gift that keeps on giving. And um, yeah, all right. And I think there there are so many others on the list. Theranos is on the list. Google Glass is on the list. Windows Phone. You know, the Galaxy Note 7, which, fair, it did blow up. Um, <laughs> uh, the only one I'll quibble with is, is that they made Agit Pie number one. And I get yeah. what they're doing there. But yeah. also, like, no. Like, he, you can just say a he's jerk, a jerk. You can just say, yeah. like, he's the worst. Like, we can have, like, the the 10 like like the list of like the 100 like worst people of the decade and i'd put him on that list right but but i don't think he deserves to be uh, like i would have put you know like google class way higher if that were the case there were some ones on here i couldn't agree with like blackberry made the list and look blackberry is exactly like palm they had a great product and they reached a a point of like not being able to deliver new products that kept them relevant. But as far as like being a complete failure, I mean, I, I mean, I, okay. I would say this, I would say this, I would put Blackberry 10 there without a doubt. Oh, but that's different than saying Blackberry. I as a agree whole, with you. Right? I yeah. agree with you. This but, is my yeah, point. Like fair. saying Blackberry as a whole, because when the decade started, they were still using their terrible Blackberry OS system, but people were still buying them. I put Blackberry 10 or maybe the, actually, no, you know what I would put? I put the, the Blackberry playbook. The tablet they released without email. Oh, yes. That was yeah, so bad. That was oh. really terrible. I reviewed that. I was about to move to New York and I was like trying to, they were sending patches literally like the day before the review embargo. I'll never forget this. But, you know, the company who literally <laughs> was famous for email shipped a tablet that did not have an email app. The way I that you, it. the way that for the first year or so, the only way you could use email on that device was if you had a BlackBerry phone and you tethered that phone over Bluetooth to your tablet, and then it would load it in slowly so that you could see your messages on a bigger screen. Well, it shows you need to invest in R&D if you're a tech company. Uh, cons- yeah, it also, cons- also shows that at that point, like the, the two CEOs who were just like Tweedledee and Tweedledum were just, wow, disaster. There's a great book, Losing the Signal, um, about uh, the rise and fall of uh, research in motion that anyone who's interested in uh uh, up to, I guess, like the, the the 2013 era of BlackBerry should read. It's very good. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, I think BlackBerry, no, but but BlackBerry 10 or, or BlackBerry Playbook, that that I would have agreed with. There were a couple <laughs> others um, that, that were on here. I was like, I don't know about this. Like, oh, oh, actually, you know what? I, I will say one that, that that this is my second runner up. This is my first runner up rather to uh, to, to movie pass. Everything will I am touches. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, fair, because because fair. he has literally been responsible for the worst stuff that has come out this decade. <laughs> His tech, the, the, the Pulse smartwatch was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. God. And, I uh, want to see him and Ja Rule like, come together <gasps> in a tech company. Oh my God, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and actually what's hilarious is that the, the, the guy who does all the tech for Will I Am, his, his tech business partner, is this guy, um, Chandra, I can't pronounce his last name, who created the Juju, which is really? higher up on the list. And the Juju was like supposed to be the crunch pad, and it just wound up being terrible. So that, so that guy is inadvertently on, on the list twice, which is fantastic. Um, so uh, 
Rathakrishnan, that's his last name, Chandra Rathakrishnan. But uh, yeah, so this is a great list. Um, you should tweet us what your your favorite failed uh, companies or, or gadgets were this decade. For us, it's MoviePass, but uh, yeah. we'd love to hear um, what you think. Is it is the Apple Watch Edition? Is it is it the Microsoft Kin? Is it uh, Justice League? <laughs> There's so many. And just remember, Christina, as long as we remember MoviePass, it's not really dead. This is true. It will always be in our hearts, and I'm never getting rid of that card ever. 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 I'm never getting uh-huh. rid of it. Ever. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Pingdom, the company who makes website performance monitoring really easy. So everyone loves a fast website, and Pingdom are helping keep your favorite sites online. And that's sites like Netflix and Amazon and Spotify and Twitter and BuzzFeed and Slack. And those are just a few companies who trust Pingdom to take care of their website monitoring. I mean, like, just think, if MoviePass had used something like Pingdom, then all of us might have been able to use the service before it collapsed even more, even like more competently. It would have been great, right? <laughs> And, you know, websites can get pretty complicated, but you can monitor any site transaction with Pingdom. So that can be stuff like user registrations and logins and checkouts and much more. And Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if disaster strikes, you will be the first to know. And it's super, super easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is your URL and they will take care of the rest. That's it. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the rocket, use the code ROCKET at checkout, and you will get a massive 30% off your first invoice. Thank you to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. Love them. Love them too. All right. So we we are coming to it. Um, oh, I, I'm so excited, I'm excited about this. I have not seen this yet, unfortunately, but I... I I will be seeing I mean, it next week. You can't because it made so little money. It's already out of theaters. Well, I've tried to find, get, go um, see it. Okay, so so there's a bit of a catastrophe happening in movies <laughs> right now. And that would be the movie Cats. Where I believe that the reviews, I've never been more entertained. You know, like like a, you know, uh Pete, what's his face? Pete Wells, the the New York Times uh, food critic. Like he wrote that that amazing review of Guy Fieri's restaurants, RIP in Times Square, and it was like this viral thing. I feel like every critic review of Cats was that like every single person trying to create their own like Pete Wells, Guy Fieri review. Like everybody was like even the New York Times, the LA Times, like every big place, The Guardian, everybody was like trying to one up one another. Like how how snarky and funny and ridiculous (laughs) can we be about this? Right. Uh, So so Cats is is a musical uh, that is uh, starring everybody you've ever heard of, uh, you know, um, um, uh, Taylor Judy Swift, Dench, Judy Dench, uh, Idris Elba, yeah, Idris Elba, um, uh, Jennifer Hudson, uh, 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 Jason Derulo, uh, Rebel Wilson, James Corden. Um, so many people have been in this movie, and uh, Tom Hopper, who is the the director of um, uh, uh, what did he direct? He directed um, uh, Les Mis, and he also did, um, I think, he did Chicago you know, uh, is, uh, is responsible for, for this film. And, um, have you ever seen Cats on Broadway, Brie? No, I'm not a show turn kind of guy. Okay. So, so Cats is one of these weird musicals where there's not really a plot. It's just kind of, uh, <laughs> You're joking, right? No, I'm not like, like genuinely there's, there, there, like there's, there's no plot. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's a vignette of sorts. So it's like a 
based a bunch of T.S. Eliot <laughs> short stories, and it's just a bunch of vignettes, really. There's there's no overarching plot. It's it's just kind of ridiculous. And Tom Hopper did not direct uh, Chicago. Sorry, that was someone else. Uh, he directed um, The King's Speech, um, which is which is a great film. And um, anyway, this uh, this film, they try to kind of apparently create some sort of plot with it. But everyone has been saying for years, it's impossible to make a movie out of cats because there's no plot. The whole thing is just kind of the spectacle of, you know, the people in the makeup and the in the costumes and, and Andrew Lee Weber's songs. And I'm assuming the copious amounts of, of cocaine that were, um, you know, <laughs> consumed during the the making of um, and, and the writing of, you know, the the, the show tunes um, and, and whatnot. And that's why it is what it is. So, um, we were all really concerned, I think, about like, what is, what is this going to be like? And is this going to be any good? And I was, even though the, the trailers all looked horrendous, I was like, well, okay, but it's Tom Hopper and all these big people are involved. There's no way this can be as bad as we're expecting this to be. But, but listeners, based on the reviews, I believe that it is worse. Yes. Um, so, uh, so the film, um, has, a has a, a, a I think a, a 16% on, uh, the critics oh course from Rotten Tomatoes, 32% overall. So even, even the, you know, the, uh, uh, attendee score is super, super low. Um, it has only made, uh, like 10.9 million at the box office so far, which is, uh, not a good sign. Um, in addition to that, so they employed like a bunch of really high-end special effects to create the kind of cat effects. But apparently, and they were like working on it like up until it was in theaters, apparently they didn't finish. Like my, my friend Alex <laughs> Kranz was texting me after she got out of the critic screen. She was like, it's like they just gave up in the middle because you can see people, like there's some people in the end where you just see gray figures and you see some people who are just completely out of place. Like they just didn't finish. Case in point, wow. Universal has actually released a patch to cats. So thousands of theaters received an updated copy of the film, uh, you know, um, beamed into their, uh, their their projection systems so that they could show it, you know, apparently fixing some of the, the technical glitches. So it's kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog, except, you know, they did it like on the fly instead of waiting for the reaction to the trailer. Um <laughs> I, I, it's, I, it's, I, 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 I want to go hate watch this movie. Same. I've got to be honest. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to go hate watch this again because I'm staying with my parents right now. This is not an option for me because I can't hate watch it with them. They would be miserable. It just, it wouldn't work. So when I'm in Tampa next week for a wedding, what we've decided to do is uh, the wedding is on New Year's Eve and we've decided to go on, on New Year's Day. To go hate watch cats together as, as friends. Um, I'm very excited about this. My favorite part has been reading the mean reviews. Yes. It's like more mean than the next. My favorite one was I left the theater and I can't even remember what a cat looks like. And I'm like, yes, hook it into my veins. And my favorite thing that happened today is Dame Judy Dench. We all know her yes, as, uh, we love her. as uh, from uh, what was she in in, uh, in the Bond series? Was she M? Yes. Yeah, she was down in there. And she came forward and she's like, oh, just so you all know, uh, I think of my character from the movie Cats as transgender. And my friend Caitlin Burns is like, yeah, don't get us involved with any of this. Don't. Your movie failed. Uh, just just leave us out of this. 
<laughs> yes, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, seriously. It's so, so oh, um, um, uh, Alex Kranz for Gizmodo, she wrote, um, I have seen sights no human should see. I, I witnessed an entire <laughs> man, knit cap and coat, just standing in a scene among a gathering of cats. I saw a terrifying gray statue looming over a character only for it to blink and realize it's a woman who's a cat, but they colored her and then forgot to add fur. <laughs> the fur breasts that distracted us in the trailers are at least subdued. Everyone's digitally androgynous, as if Baby's first Photoshopper had a little too much fun with the smoothing tool, though there are smoother than though some are smoother than others. Um, uh, the uh, the New York Times says part of the pleasure of theater, if you're a partisan, is the human factor. But without the presence of hardworking troopers and fun fur in this cat's, all that's left are canned images of fit-looking people meowing and raising their rumps high in the air. <laughs> The bobbing butts have their obvious appeal, but Hopper's, uh, but Hooper's mistake is that he's tried to class up the joint. What a blunder. Um, uh, Polygon, uh, uh, Simone's website says, uh, the facts are these. Cat un- Cats undermines itself, both editing and musical arrangement, barely has a plot to hang on to, and it's CGI'd into oblivion. Yet there's something weirdly wonderful about just how committed Hooper is to his vision, which feels like it should have been audience tested into something less phantom- uh, phantom- uh, phantasmagorical. Um, uh, Collider uh, called it uh, a descent into madness. Uh, AV Club said, yes, it's as bad as it looks. The Guardian called it a perfectly dreadful hairball of woe. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, like this is just, it's. Give I, me more, Christina. I need more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Bolcher says, cats is good. Cats is bad. Cats is cats. <laughs> to assess cats as good or bad feels like the entirely wrong axis on which to see it. It is, with all affectionate monstrosity, wrote film critic Allison Wilmore, who's a former BuzzFeed news writer. Um, Variety says, a nine may not be enough lives for some of the stars to live down their involvement in this poorly conceived and executed adaptation of Andrew Lloyd Webber's hit musical. This uneven eyesore turns out to be every bit the jellical catastrophe the haters anticipated. A half-digested hairball of a movie in which Hooper spends <laughs> too much energy worrying about whether the technology is ready to accommodate his vision. Uh, I mean, this is just, I, I love this so much. Um, there's sometimes nothing better than a good hate watch movie. Uh, great. Like, I, 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 I mean, the room is obviously the number one hate yes, watch movie, too. but there's, but there's art, there's artistic merit at a certain point of the room. Like, I don't know. I think this could be, I don't know. This could be, I mean, obviously it's going to supersede Geely. Right? Yeah. yeah, G- so. yeah so, 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 so when I think about, and it's interesting because this decade, we haven't had many massive failures like this. But in the first, you know, 10 years of this century, we did. We had uh, we had Geely. We had Glitter. We had From Justin to Kelly. Um, oh, I love From Justin to Kelly. You oh, shut God. your damn mouth. That is a terrible – oh, my God. It's I, horrible. I, I was, it's bad. I, I, was, I saw that in a dollar theater when I was, like, 19, and I was drunk. We, like, brought in beers, <laughs> and we were drinking, and it was still, like, unwatchable. Uh, but the uh, music, the, that first song. Oh, my God. That. Okay. okay. No. Sorry. No. Uh, Geely. I have a T-shirt somewhere that says "I survived Geely" because I saw that like some radio station had like a final screening thing um, that that summer. Uh, Glitter. I never saw in the theater, but obviously, you know, that was coincided with Mariah's breakdown when she went on MTV, um, pushing the ice cream cart. Um, never forget. Yeah, forget Freaking amazing. Um, uh, obviously, you know, there have been other big catastrophic bombs. I guess we have had some catastrophic bombs this year, uh, this, this decade, like we had a battle, um, uh, battleship and, uh, um, there have been some other, um, I think like the, some other big, you know, movies, but nothing where people have just like gone out of the way to be so 
entertained by how bad it is to have, as you say, to have a hate watch. Like we had Troll 2 in like the room, but this just seems like, I mean, what makes this different? Like this is a hundred million dollar film starring Oscar winners. Uh, and that's without the budget, the marketing budget too. I know it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's really, really tremendous. So uh, I, I encourage uh, any of you, if you can hate watch cats, do it. And here's what I'm hoping. I know that they released the updated version and clearly the updated version is what they'll put on like the Blu-ray or the DVD or the iTunes or whatever. But I'm hoping that someone is willing to um, trash their guild membership because what I really need is I need to see a uh, before and after like a comparison. I need I need like we need to be able to see the before, you know, the the patch came through in the after. Now, the way that we would be able to get this would be a if somebody had managed to you know get a digital copy before the upload came in. That I doubt, but they did send cast was sent to um um all the guild members um because they were trying to get um uh, Oscar um and, and Golden Globe <laughs> nominations. And in fact, they did get a lot of Golden Globe nominations. So congrats, uh, Hollywood Foreign Press Association for proving as always that you don't actually watch anything and you just see like whose name is is on the um you know uh, nomination. So what I'm hoping is that someone will be willing to burn their guild membership and we can have a comparison between like the before and after because I really, really need to see that. So I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's like Star Wars. You know, like George Lucas has not released the original Star Wars, the unspecialized totally, version. Totally, totally. That's why I want to see with cats. Like, give it, don't hide this art from no, the people. No, do not. We need to see the unpatched version. I want I I, I want the I want the Star Wars 4K treatment. You know, but but done to to cats. I want the original. Let's 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 do that. Make it happen. So, um, I I'm very much looking forward to seeing this next week. I'm I'm just I'm my only fear is that like it we won't be able to find a theater in Tampa that has it. But if we will find a way, we will find a way. Um, Life finds a way, Christina. Uh, and and I I encourage uh, listeners if you have an opportunity to you know waste your money, but also you know maybe also enjoy it with a beverage or a snack of some sort, like, I feel like this is going to be uh, a, a really good um, thing for that. All right. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Eero. And so if you do want to binge watch your favorite TV shows, or if you want to binge watch bad movies, like, you know, from Justin to Kelly and Glitter and Geely and, and Battleship and Cats and, uh, you know, uh, uh, other really terrible things that have besotted us over the decades, um, you want to do it from anywhere in the house without interruption, right? Like you don't want to be interrupted as you're trying to watch from Justin to Kelly with buffering because nothing could be worse than, you know, interrupting that that classic film with buffering. And so yes. for that, you're going to need Eero. And Eero blankets your whole home with fast, reliable Wi-Fi. And so it'll eliminate the poor coverage and the dead spots and the buffering so that you have consistently strong signal wherever you need it, which is great because... Again, if I'm going to be watching trash movies and if I'm going to be hate watching stuff, I don't want to be interrupted with like buffering or or or, or poor quality. I want to see every frame, you know, of of Ishtar <laughs> as it was meant to be seen. I want to see every bit of Waterworld so that I can know what kind of monstrosity Kevin Costner, you know, like assaulted us with. I want to see the postman and be reminded why Kevin Costner is never allowed to make movies ever again. Like this is what I need out of things. So, um, you know, I, I don't know about uh, you guys, but I have in the past had, you know, times where Wi-Fi, especially if you even like my apartment's not that big, but things are laid out certain ways. You get dead spots. It's not great. What's awesome about mesh routing systems is that like I'm in my parents' house right now and we had to get them set up with a mesh routing system because 
the bedroom where I am, I get great signal. But if I'm in like their bedroom, it might not be the basement. It's a whole other story. And so what's great about having, you know, something like like Eero is that it lets you access the internet from wherever you are in your house, um, no matter how old it is and and where, you know, things might be located. And uh, you can binge watch in uh, peace. So um, Eero is Wi-Fi that your home deserves, and there's actually an all-new Eero, which is starting at just $99, and it sets up in just minutes. You just plug it straight into your modem or your router box, um, and uh, you can manage it from a super simple app for iOS or Android, and that lets you do really cool stuff like pause the Wi-Fi while everyone is eating dinner. If you want to freak everyone out, like, that's what I would do. I'm not a parent, but if I had kids, I would just frequently like to just, you know, like take the internet away just to like see the panic be on everyone's faces. Really great yeah, prank, I think. demonstrate your power and your, uh, your uh, also supremacy. Just, just a great prank yes. in general, right? You yeah. can also get alerts if any device uh, tries to join your network so you know what's going on. Um, and, um, you know, it's fixed all the, the various, you know, Wi-Fi problems that we've that we all have had over the years, you know, things like dead spots and buffering. And you can get uh, yours, uh, your Eero as soon as tomorrow. So go to Eero.com, that's E-E-R-O.com slash rocket, and then enter the code rocket at checkout and you will get free overnight shipping with your order. That's E-E-R-O.com slash rocket and the code rocket at checkout. So you got to use the URL to get the offer. Again, that's Eero.com slash rocket and the code is rocket. And our thanks to Eero for their support of this show and Relay FM. Yeah, I have it. It's great. I never think about Wi-Fi. Best product on the market. I mean, I got one for my parents. So it's that yep. it, it, it's, it's Christina's mom's approved. All right. Well, Bree, what are you doing this week? Uh, so real talk, Christina. Uh, I had strep throat for two weeks and it knocked me on my butt. It was really good for playing Call of Duty. It was not good for my campaign. Uh, so I am playing catch up today. I'm sure you can hear I'm still a little uh, scratchy. Uh, so I can talk for about two or three hours at a time and I have to quit. So uh, yeah, I'm playing catch up with my campaign. So um, I hope everyone out there, uh, it's Q4, end of quarter. And if you would consider uh, supporting my congressional campaign, uh, to address all the issues we talk about on Rocket every week. You can do that by going to supportbrianna.com. Yeah, go to supportbrianna.com. Well, for me, yep. I am, uh, I'm still in Atlanta with my parents. And so I'm um, seeing movies, some good, some bad. Uh, I think we're going to try to see Little Women on Christmas um, because that just seems like something me, my mom, and my sister would all enjoy. Oh. And um, I, I don't think it'll be as good as the 94 version because I think that's like a perfect movie. But I really like Greta Gerwig. And I think that Shirsha Ronan and Timothy Chalamet uh, will will do uh, very well. So um, I'm just I'm just being home enjoying not working. Um, I've got another week off after this. So I'm just like enjoying being on vacation. Uh, and uh, Simone, we hope you are feeling better. Uh, Brianna, where can people find you online? Oh, gosh. Yeah, you can find me by going to uh, Brianna Wu on Twitter, and you can find me, uh, my Congressional Campaign's Facebook that I'm not on because I'm not a big fan of Facebook, but you can do that at developer Brianna Wu uh, at Facebook. And you can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And you can find Simone at Doom Quasar. You can also find my work at youtube.com slash Microsoft Developer. I've been really behind on uploading some stuff. So expect to see some things go up this week really, really late, but it's fine. Um, I will be back on top of things in the new year. 
If you liked this episode, uh, please uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. Let everybody know how much you like the show. Tell all your friends, your neighbors, your family members as you're celebrating the holiday and the end of the year because, you know, like you're our favorite and and we hope that you, that we're your favorite. So so spread the word. And um, uh, that uh, that does it for, for this week's episode. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. <laughs> <laughs>